Do what you want to do. Always do what you want to do. Be yourself, be genuine, be honest, and respect other people while doing it. Welcome to Porn and Coffee, the weekly adult industry podcast, bringing you the latest from the greatest in the adult entertainment industry. Naked and caffeinated and ready to go. Here are your hosts, Jay Copita and Thomas Gab Helen. Hey everyone and welcome to Porn and Coffee. My name is Thomas Gavelin, I'm from PlugRush.com and with me, as always, Jacob Peter from WhyNot.com. <laughs> and today, James, this week, same as next week, this is the part two of the James Dean interview. Yeah, I think you just called me James, so I'm gonna call you, uh, I'm gonna call you Timmy. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, getting we, into the porn industry. <laughs> right, exactly. Your, your, your character name is going to be Timmy. So, hey, we're, uh, we're doing part two of James Dean today. This is a first for us. We've got a second partner now with James Dean. Again, he's easily one of the most recognizable male porn stars in the world. And uh, after last week's episode, where we focused, I think, a little bit more on the personal side of James, I think this episode yeah. is going to weigh a little bit more heavily on uh, the business side of James. More of the business side, more of like his thought about marketing, the branding of his company, and also something that I think is very interesting. Where does James Dean see the future of porn? This is yeah. the answers you're going to get from this part of the episode. So uh, obviously with someone of his caliber and his sector of the industry, it is going to differ somewhat from people who specifically work on the online business to business. And uh, you know maybe his fans will probably have a different attitude about it too, since they're actively watching it. So uh, I think we're in for a real treat today, and we're just going to pretty much hand the mic over to James and let him have at it. Right before we do that, we're going to have a little word from our sponsors, and they sound a little bit like this. You're listening to Porn and Coffee. While our hosts refill, here are a few words from our sponsors. Porn and Coffee is supported by ClickCash.com. ClickCash launched in 1996 with the single goal of helping affiliates make more money. As a loyal porn and coffee listener, ClickCash is paying you up to $200 for every new member you refer. To sign up for free, visit ClickCash.com slash porn and coffee. Adult Force is the worldwide leader in adult premium products. Adult Force is your destination to do big business with all of these brands, including Brazzers, Reality Kings, Mofos, Digital Playground, Pornhub Premium, Twisties, Babes, Wicked, Fake Hub, and more on face sites. We also have Men, Sean Cody, Bromo, and the newly launched Reality Dudes Network on gay pay sites, and Nutaku.net, N-U-T-A-K-U.net, to promote the latest craze, adult video games. So you have a choice of flat rates, K-Top CPM, PPS, RevShare, PPL, and on it goes. Just go to adultforce.com today and check them out. Hey, let's talk about um, the, the branding journey then. Like, when, when did you start thinking about like, okay, James Dean started, you made probably a bunch, like 100 scenes, and then it's like, okay, now it's actually work. Now I want to brand myself. Now I need like PR. Now I need to want to like start my own company. Now I need to take action with my own career. When did it happen and how did you like plan it? That actually uh, happened before I got in the adult industry. I mean, I always had a lot of admiration for John Stagliano and Evil Angel and the model that he built. Before I got into porn, I was always saying like I would want to go like the Rockless Freddy or John Stagliano route where I perform for a while and, you know, build a name and a reputation and then I can then start my own, you know, start directing and producing and then start my own company and, and run my own company. So this is nothing is really, I mean, this was like when I was 15 
15, 16 talking about that. I mean, I directed my first movie when I was 19. It's hard. It's a lot harder to direct. Performing is easy and it's fun. And it's just, you get to just kind of have a good time. While as a director, you know, there's paperwork and, you know, so much else to do. And yeah. I decided then, I was like, I want to perform as long as I possibly can and put all my energy in that. I mean, I can safely say, you know, since I've had my company, I make infinitely less money now than when I was, you know, 20. 21, because when I was 20, 21, all I was doing was working for other people and getting these checks and putting them in the bank and having money. And now every check I get, I put back into the company. You know, if I'm like, oh, cool, I could, you know, go on vacation and or go to a fancy dinner or get a really cool car, or I could put it back into the company, grow the company and create more longevity. I think it's the right decision, but... <laughs> But yeah, but um, I, it's something I always kind of wanted to do. As far as marketing and promotion and stuff, that was an accident. I did one interview when I was like 18, 19, and I got just like misquoted and butchered. And like, I look back at it, I was like, well, I gave them the tools to fuck with me. Like I said things like, I'm only doing this for the money. You know, you know, I didn't not say those words. I said those words, but what I, my intent is consistent, which is I see this as a business. I see this as a professional environment. Yes, sex is great. Sex is wonderful. It's awesome. However, this is, this needs to be approached professionally and needs to be handled that, you know, and so, and I'm sure in 10 years, I'm going to be able to express it even more eloquently. But at the time, I'm making 18, 19 year old kids saying like, you know, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just here to make money and, you know, whatever. And so I like got pissed off me looking back at it at myself. But, um, you know, and I was like, I refuse to do media. And people were, it was all, and again, it was a lot of luck and like accidental like marketing because I didn't want to direct so much because and have the responsibility because it was like so much work and I wanted to focus on performing. And I worked for Burning Angel and I, you know, was the head of production there for years and had a great time. I learned a lot and it was a awesome, one of, it was probably my favorite job I've ever had. It was, uh, that company is amazing. So I still was able to have all the fun and all the, all the luxury of being a director and a, and a producer and, and all that stuff while not having the, the infinite amount of responsibility. I just got to do production stuff, which is what I really love and what's really fun. You know, working at this company, doing everything I can to build it up and make the other company better, Burning Angel, that is. And I didn't want to do any press because I was the me mainstream media. They hate porn and, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff, which they do. And uh, we're the circus for them. They think it's fun to come visit the circus and laugh at the laugh at the elephants and the clowns. It is, but maybe not so much anymore. It used to be that you would always get so. misquoted. I've been misquoted and I'm nobody, you know? So it's like, that shit happened. In their defense, I wasn't misquoted. I gave them the ammunition to make me look bad. Yeah. I just, they just, uh, they just, they misrepresented me, but I gave them the tools. I wasn't prepared to do press. I was really just not, I was an arrogant little bastard. I mean, I'm still an arrogant little bastard, but at least I'm an arrogant older bastard. So yeah, so I refused to do press and I spent all this energy working uh, for someone else. And then around 2009, 2010, I, you know, something came up and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll fine, I'll do it. But it kind of created this like, you know, people want what they can't have sort of like thing. So again, it was like an accidental thing where it was like, you know, oh, we want, you know, we want you to contribute in this. And then I started contributing for, you know, little things here and there where they would talk to a bunch of people. And I guess, you know, my responses or something was different or compelling or interesting or whatever it was. Like, I mean, there's a Forbes article that I actually, I come out looking like a complete asshole. I am a little sorry about it. I thought they were just talking to me and they were asking about what's the most difficult part of being a male performer. And the article came out and they talked to a bunch of different male performers and really smart, reputable guys. You know, they all are like, oh, getting hard when you're supposed to get hard. Or sometimes if the woman that you're working with doesn't like you and you don't have chemistry or, or this or that or whatever. And then they get to me and they're like, and then we talked to James Dean and he said, 
Nothing. This is the easiest job in the world. Anyone that complains is an idiot. This is, you know, all you do is fuck all day. This is the easiest job in the world. And so I come out just looking like I'm just like going, fuck you guys to all the dudes who just like had this whole thing. But oh, it right. created interest and, compel- and it was compelling. And it was really just, I had no idea that they were talking to other guys. And I also don't really think that performing is really that, I mean, really not. You just have sex and people watch. It's really not that difficult. So uh, so because of stuff like that, it just kind of was like an accidental marketing thing. I didn't even get PR, like management and representation, until there was too much stuff for me to handle myself. And I was like trying to negotiate stuff and be like the subject and the bad guy at the same time. And it just wasn't working. And people were like, I was doing an interview for, um, I want to say it was either Entertainment Weekly or E! Entertainment or something like that. They wanted to do it. They were like, yeah, can we do it in like a comfortable environment? Sure, we can do it at my house, you know, whatever. So I came over and doing it at my house. And at a certain point, I was, it was me alone with these uh, journalists and I was, I was all alone and I'm the subject and they do have a lot of power and control because they can, if they don't like you, they can make you look like a complete asshole. The media can be horrible if they want to be, if they have an agenda or something that they're trying to push or something they're trying to promote, they're fucking terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. The media has been very, very good to me. And then also have been very, very bad to me. But, I, you know, yeah, they, they build you up to rip you down. It's the reality TV culture we live in these days is there's no, there's no, there's no story in, hey, this guy's just kind of a normal dude, you know? So they're trying, everyone's trying to find an angle and trying to find something compelling. And so like, thank God for Google, like just Google, like, like I've dealt with people that have like asked me questions. I'm like, did you read the actual text? And they're like, oh, Oh wait, hold on. And they went and reread it. And they're like, oh, okay, this is really not a big deal. Or you have to have haters. Yeah, you have wait, to have yeah. haters. So the long and the short of it is, uh, is I, I just, I was in there with Entertainment Weekly or ET or one of those ones, Entertainment Tonight, E News, something with an E. And they're talking <laughs> to me, and I'm alone in my house with these people that have a lot of power and a lot of control, and I need to figure out a way to like smile and still be charming and not offend them because I don't want them to destroy me in their in their little thing but then also they won't leave my house and they're and they keep asking me about this thing same thing that we talked about uh beforehand that we were like we're not going to go into and i kept saying the same thing which is like look i don't discuss her because for listener lohan i don't discuss lohan so i'm like the reason i don't i don't discuss her because every time i say anything it will be twisted and and taken out of context. I literally, I there, I did interviews where I gave the same quote and the same quote in two different tabloid articles. One said James Dean defends and honors his co-star and loves her, blah blah blah, and like did this whole thing about that. And the other one with the exact same quote, James Dean slams his co-star, you know, says all these horrible things. And I'm like, it's the same fucking quote. It's just tabloid journalism, which is now what we've come to. I mean, even if you look at CNN and and Fox and, and, you know, NBC, it's basically all, you know, agenda-based, you know, motives and and op-eds. There's no news in the news. There's certain things I don't mind saying because like, it's, I think it's important to say, I don't have anything to hide. I don't have anything. I live by the principle that if you don't have any skeletons in your closet, you should keep your closet wide open uh, or keep the skeletons on the floor so people can walk in and go, oh, there's skeletons on the floor. And, you know, when they check, you know, there's no reason to hide anything. And which is why I think it's really funny that when people do have a lot of skeletons in their closet and it's not like there's any secrets from anyone in this industry, it's like people throw stones and it's like, the you know, you live in a glass house. How many more metaphors can I throw into this rant? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, come on guys, you know, I'm sitting here with nothing to hide or, you know, I just am not, I'm not going to say more because I know 
people are just looking for some sort of story that they can create out of nothing and not you specifically, but you know. This is all helping you to build your brand. I mean, your brand out there is you're kind of a bad boy, but you know, the girls likes you. Um, you're a little bit arrogant and they're all building this around you. you can, My brand uh, is accidental. My brand is, is yeah. genuine and honest and I'm just, I'm just me. I don't have a brand. I don't have anything. You can hate it or embrace it, kind of. Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much. I'm, yeah. I'm me. I mean, like, I wish I had more control over. Not. I'm more of a plan. I'd be way farther ahead in life. And then, like, when yeah. I launch new sites, like I said, I'm. I just launched these two new sites, and I'm like, I pretend to know what I'm doing. I'm like, I do the basics. I send out a mailer to all the people. I cut some deals with other people so they can do some promotions. I do, you know, do cross promotions. I, you know. Buy some, buy some ads. You know, do some. You know, uh, the, you know the affiliate stuff, and like, you know, just try to, you know, tell all my affiliates about, like, hey, James and Cash now has all this uh, stuff for these new sites. Check them out. Here's what they are. Da, da, da. Here are the tools. You know, try to promote. Do the, you know, the site reviews and you know everything. I everything I can to get attention to it. But yeah, I, at the end of the day, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm just like <laughs> trying to figure it out. And like, same thing with me. And people are like, oh, well, you have your your brand, and you're so you you created this great brand. I didn't create this brand. It was created for me. I just yeah. wanted to make porn and do what I love doing. And people then projected all of these ideals and messages into me that I'm like, like people are, Oh, you're a feminist. I'm not a feminist. I believe in equality and I believe in respect. And I think that you shouldn't treat people like shit unless they give you a reason to treat them like shit. I mean, which I understand is the principles of feminism is equality and all that stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess technically maybe, but really I'm not, out there advocating for women or trying to push equal rights or anything like that. I just want to make cool porno. And if somebody says they don't like doing something, I'm just going to respect that regardless yeah. of if they're ma a male or female, yeah. you know? So people like kind of put this whole, like, Oh, he's a feminist porn star. Oh, he's the boy next door. Or he's this, that, or the other. And I'm like, I'm just some dude doing what I love. And just because a few of the things I say are triggers to push your agenda. Again, it's the media. They just constantly have this whole, I have an agenda, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to structure this thing. But if you really read, like the GQ article is a really good one, or the Rolling Stone article, or like what, any of these ones where they've spent time with me, Interview Magazine, uh, uh, there's the GQ style one. Like if you take any of these like big uh, like like profiles that have been done on me where people have spent time with me from like and real journalists, not like some like little writer who's like, sorry, a lot of journalists, you all suck. You're not real journalists, you know, yeah. <laughs> get paid $150 a fucking thing. Get it. Yeah. You're not a journalist, but you know, like if you really read like some of these ones that are like, you know, these like real profiles that spent real time with me for real publications back on publications. Like, I mean, this like, you know, six, seven years ago, like the world was different back then. So if you read them, you'll see that they try to find an angle. Well, I mean, at the end of it, here's just some guy and he's just kind of doing stuff and there's not really anything to him. He's just, oh. just living his life. Like we <laughs> we're trying to find something in there, but there's nothing there because <laughs> it's not that I'm like vapid and uninteresting. I'm just kind of normal ish. Like I just, like if you take the porn out of it and instead of I'm doing porn, I run a coffee shop. And it's, here's a guy who was working and making coffee and really loved coffee and learned how to make coffee and how to run a business and then, and is then started his own coffee shop and is now, you know, really, you know, he, he's just making coffee and doing what he loves. I mean, yeah. but then everything else is the same about me. I, it would be just not an interesting story. I personally think people, people like porn, people like sex, people in general are pretty repressed in America sexually. 
And they are looking for an excuse and a justification of why it should be okay to like whatever it may be. So here's this porn star that is in the, these movies that either I think is cute or uh, is, you know, interesting or funny or, you know, whatever it may be that people have said about me in the past. They're searching for some sort of justification to like it and making it so there has to be more than just, I watch this movie and it sexually arouses me. I like the way it makes me feel. And so I'm interested in this, in this guy or this thing. And I can't, it can't just be that basic of it. It turns me on. It has to be something more than that. So it's, Oh, I like him because he holds the girl, girl's hands while, while he fucks it. I hold girls hands because we're fucking. And we like, when you have <laughs> sex with people, don't you want to touch people? Like I, I yeah, it's not, I'm not it's trying to be sweet and romantic while ha- I'm just fucking having sex. And like, you know, Oh, he, he's, you know, like got these ideals and these principles and promotes it. I'm not promoting anything. My promoting, my promotion is do what you want to do. Always do what you want to do. Be yourself, be genuine, be honest and respect other people while doing it. Like my favorite quote about freedom of speech in first amendment rights is it has nothing to do with protecting your rights uh, of expression and, 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 uh, and, and, and speech, but it's about finding the people that have the most opposite and offensive things to you and saying you have the right to, and I'm going to protect your right. It's yeah. like, you can have a difference of opinions and while still being you and walk different directions and be like, yeah, Hey, you're a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Let's shake hands and accept that we're different, but we can still respect each other's right to exist. Like that's the closest to any message I've ever had. Uh, Let's talk about how do you look at the future of this porn industry? I mean, from the producer and actor talent side, I like we come from the traffic side. We come from the the moving traffic and bringing signups and stuff. But mm-hmm. then again, you are the guys that are making the content. Without you, there is there is no us. So uh, how do you see it? Is it uh, is it we are that going to save it? Is it more tubes? Is it more like content site membership sites? It's like what's what's going to take? Uh, where do you see the future? Um, bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, entertainment in general, I don't think VR is going to save anything. I think VR is going to do, it's going to take a giant spike, which it already has, and it's going to make a lot of money really fast. And I wish I had the resources and ability to get in on it. But I think VR, will it'll fade out really quick and do the same thing that 3D in any sort of format like that has ever done, which is like, it's not a interactive sexual experience. People forget that sex and masturbation, just because they're both sexual, are completely different parts of the brain. And they don't necessarily like one is not a replacement for the other like for instance i am a male porn star i have worked almost every day doing a scene almost every day for the last 12 years on the first few years of that i was doing two three scenes a day every day i have had sex with thousands and thousands of women and i have had regular sex daily like daily regular sex multiple times a day for the last 12 years i still will masturbate any opportunity i have it's a completely different part of the brain. It's, it just, it does, it hits different things. It's not a, but people just lump it all into sex and they kind of lose it. Like uh, Paul Schrader, actually, he's the one, he and I, Paul Schrader's brilliant, by the way. Yeah, man is fucking crazy intelligent. And uh, and we were talking uh, about stuff and then we were at the, on this panel in Italy and so someone brought up, uh, so they were bringing up like porn stars and movies and stuff and talking to him about it. And he goes, well, the way that the human brain works is there's going to be, 
there's entertainment and there's sex and you're going to go down a path at a certain point you're going to choose between, am I going to watch this for sexual purposes and grab it and be, you know, stimulated stuff? Or am I going to go down a different path and go for entertainment purposes? I mean, it's, he's hundred percent right. And like, my, my point is VR is going to make a lot of fucking money really fast. And then I think it's going to just kind of fade out and no one's going to care. Let me back up, take a breath and answer your first question. <laughs> Okay. Rants aside, and answer your question, where I see the future of the adult film industry, when I said bleak, I see it going the way of the music industry and the mainstream entertainment industry, where which has already kind of started going. You have uh, already happening a lot of these big players starting up these websites, uh, such as uh, MyPorn, Pornhub's doing it, Bang.com, a lot of these guys that have you know, the, that have these like major sites and major amounts of traffic and major resources are creating these Hulu, Netflix style platforms, which is actually something with James Nelcom I, I originally wanted to work on, which I just never was able to get off the ground because I didn't have the money, the traffic or the resources. But now the people that do are creating these, these formats, which are great. And they're extra media, uh, extra revenue streams for produce content producers and website owners. And they're, and they're wonderful ways that we can all work together and, you know, and benefit everybody. But what will end up happening is just like with Hulu and YouTube and Netflix, it'll end up killing all of the producers and all the networks. And since we're not working in these multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar industries where, you know, you can have these companies that own, yeah, James Dean, you know, I'm James Dean, whatever, you know, and I have all these companies. So I would be like the Fox, let's say, that owns Analyzed and, and DTF Sluts and Jamesine.com and all this stuff. So instead of being like that and having millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars, it's a much smaller game where there are a few big players that make a lot of money, but for the most part, it's a bunch of mom and pop shops that are trying to like, you know, survive. So all of these people that just like in the mainstream entertainment industry, you end up with these few companies that are now pretty much all looking to these big guys for distribution. And then you end up in worlds where like, look at the music industry is a great example. So you put your stuff on YouTube, you get a little bit of YouTube money. You put your stuff on Spotify and uh, Pandora and all that stuff. You get a little bit of money there. You, if you put out an album, sign a record deal and you have you, uh, iTunes and stuff like that, you might get a trickle of money, but it's none of this. This is money that you can survive on. It's all very little bits of money. And then you make your money touring. And now a lot of the record labels, they also take merchandise in with the in with the deal. So you don't even get your merch money. So you end up with, unless you're like My Chemical Romance and you've got the best deal in the world, you, yeah. pre you pretty much are stuck with, you know, touring. And that's the only way you can make money. And the adult industry, and this is something I've actually been preaching for years, in the adult industry, you don't have the ability to tour. We don't have a live performance tour thing. So because of that, the content producers is going to be this double-edged sword thing where just like on Hulu and Netflix and stuff and YouTube, where content producers are going to have their own websites like we do. And we're going to have a small dedicated audience that wants the new stuff or the live stuff or whatever it may be. And then we're going to be ending up funneling all of our content to these major platforms like Hulu and Netflix, uh, Pornhub, Bang, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, my porn that, that will do their best to sell it. And they're going to make a bunch of money. But at the end of the day, the content producers aren't going to make enough to survive. So you're going to have a lot of just like, just like Hulu where you, you get the old content, but it's, you know, it, whatever, it's a couple months or you know, next season, who cares? I'll wait. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, you know, $7 instead of a hundred dollars, you know, of course I'm going to, you know, that's going to be my choice. 
and then they pay out. But since the numbers aren't to the degree in porn that they are in mainstream, it's not necessarily enough to continue to, to produce and survive. And it's just going to continue to dwindle and stuff. And then what will end up happening is, and it's a little different because in the adult industry, you know, MindGeek owns browsers and twisties and babes and digital and they own all the tubes or not all the tubes, but the big tubes. So they can continue to just kind of have their original content that is produced by them and then for their tubes. So they'll always be able to feed their content. It'll just kind of gut the little guy and then it'll just be this weird world where, and this weird dynamic of how do you survive? Because your average consumer, I mean, right now, I, I mean, I just, just starting these new sites. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have my name and so many great affiliates and so many great people to, that'll help me promote. But you know, if I was just somebody trying to start a site, I mean, analyze.com is a great domain. It's a great concept. It's great porn. It's hardcore, awesome, ex- extreme anal pornography. Anal is always a good seller. But like, if I was just trying to sell that and get that off the ground, how would I I mean, the internet's full of porn. How would I get people to know about that? You know, you know, if I didn't have a mailing list and all that stuff, like how would I get people to sign up for this site? You just kind of create this vicious cycle where you're trying to get every dollar you can. There's no external way like touring or something to get more money and actually fund the content. You can only build so much of a fan base of people that care about new original content opposed to getting it a season behind or whatever. And then the performers and the, and stuff there's, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's good that people and sex worker rights and all that stuff like that. I totally promote it, but there's, there's this weird, the industry has gone from guys doing multiple pop shots during scenes because they're so aroused and they just need to come and girls, you know, being booked for a, a certain thing, but it then being like, okay, there's just kind of an understanding that like, look, we're going to book you for a, a, f- a group scene. It's going to be like five, six, seven guys. But at a certain point, they're like, yeah, okay, just throw in an extra hundred dollars per dude. And it's, you know, now it's all just like it's, the industry's gotten very, like on the performance aspect, it's gotten very hookery um, mm-hmm. because the internet shoots these very specific, like type scenes. And the days of like sex and porn and art has like, it's still there. Like there's a lot of evil angel directors that still try to do it. There's a lot of like, you know, Jules Jordan is, you know, a lot and a lot of his people, they still create great content, but it's still much more web-based, update-based and widgety opposed to these crazy scenes that are elaborate and that involve other things. And, you know, in like, I remember when I, in 2005, when shooting, you know, content, and so, like, this is some of the, and this is the stuff with like pervert gallery and POV perverts that I want to try to bring back is this type of porn where in the middle of the scene, you'd be fucking a girl and then they'd have two guys come in and like jerk off in her mouth and she'll like swallow her cum while she, while you're like fucking her. And then, you know, and then you'll fuck her for a bit and two other dudes will come in and you give her, get, and the girl goes to those two dudes and she fucks those two guys. And then two other girls come in and you're fucking those girls and just like crazy crazy porn like yeah. awesome sex crazy porn and uh which just doesn't exist anymore do you see any light future or because for me it sounds like this is just going down in, in 10 well that's years. what i see happening i see what ended up happening is i see a lot of people going out of business and i see a lot of people ending up tr- pretty much either working for these big companies that either that either need to provide more content to the consumer and doing these Netflix original series. And, and you know, look, the, the yeah. most popular show right now is a Netflix original series. It yeah. is the most popular show being made is Orange yeah. is the New Black. And so, and not because, I mean, it's a great show. So, I mean, it, it's well-deserved. Yeah. But that's what's going to happen. Now, think about, you know, when you're the producer of The Simpsons 
And you're now trying to compete in a world where Orange is the New Black is the most popular show. How are you going to get, how are you going to still survive producing The Simpsons when nobody cares if they're getting new shit or old shit or whatever? They just want content and they can get an original series for $7 opposed to, you know, spend on cable and internet and all this stuff like that for a hundred dollars. It's, it's just, it's a vicious cycle and it's just falling. And I mean, there is, there's still money to be made and it is still, you know, very much a business, but other than, but like I said, you end up with right now, the successful people are people that either spend millions and millions of dollars to get their company off the ground, or they already start with pre-existing traffic and connections. And the closest to it, people, I've said that to people and they've been, they listed certain ones and I've been like, yeah, but they're owned by the guys that own, like they're owned by like FourTube or Gamma or, or, or MindGeek or something. It's like they're owned by a, you know, or Video Z or, you know, like they're owned by these big companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's true. No, I can see that. You're listening to Porn and Coffee. While our hosts refill, here are a few words from our sponsors. Porn and Coffee is supported by ClickCash.com. ClickCash launched in 1996 with the single goal of helping affiliates make more money. As a loyal porn and coffee listener, ClickCash is paying you up to $200 for every new member you refer. To sign up for free, visit clickcash.com slash porn and coffee. Adult Force is the worldwide leader in adult premium products. Adult Force is your destination to do big business with all of these brands, including Brazzers, Reality Kings, Mofos, Digital Playground, Pornhub Premium, Twisties, Babes, Wicked, Fake Hub, and more on base sites. We also have Men, Sean Cody, Bromo, and the newly launched Reality Dudes Network on gay pay sites, and nutaku.net, N-U-T-A-K-U.net, to promote the latest craze, adult video games. So you have a choice of flat rates, K-Top, CPM, PPS, RevShare, PPL, and on it goes. Just go to adultforce.com today and check them out. We're going to wrap this thing up. I have one last question, though, that is really important to anybody that is listening. If there is still a hope of getting into this industry, do you have like five tips on on how a guy can get into this thing? As a performer? As a performer. As a performer, I would recommend that, well, nowadays, the agencies aren't a bad way to contact. I mean, first, I would say go to apac-usa.com, which is the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee. So I would say start there, and they, they have a lot of resources and a lot of information for new performers. It's a great, great resource, great thing for any existing performers or new performers. Lots of stuff there. So go there. And then I would say as a male performer, I mean, the main thing to do is remember, this is a business. It needs to be seen as a business. You need to think of it. It's not just you get to have a bunch of sex. You're, you do, and it's great, but you need to think of this professionally. You need to approach it professionally. And as far as getting in, I mean, you got to be, I mean, I was in the right place at the right time. Talk to the agencies, which are apac-usa.com. They can provide a list of them. Just go to AVN, industry events, try to meet people, try to get to know people. Hopefully find someone that'll give you a shot. Remember, you're not too good enough to do anything in this industry. The last thing you can have is an ego because nobody is irreplaceable. That's some good tips there. We end every episode with Jay asking the favorite question of uh, his. I don't know that this question has a lot of validity given that James is kind of living every guy's dream. So asking him who his industry crush is is kind of kind of a moot point. But how about this? Are there any are there any actresses out there that you would like to work with that you haven't yet, James? I really want to work with Helen Mirren. I uh I think she's really talented and really great. 
She's uh, she's pretty rad. So yeah, go with Helen Mirren. Yeah. Is there any reason you haven't working with her yet? Do you know who Helen Mirren is? <laughs> I know, but <laughs> uh, she's a little uh, she's a little out of my league. Well, let's hope for the best, man. Let's hope there is um, there is a chance. I, I I think there is. I mean, like after this morning coffee episode, you never know what's gonna happen, right? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> is there anything you want to add in the end here before we say goodbye? No, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for everyone in the adult industry that and all the fans and everyone that's standing by me and being a friend and being supportive and giving me your trust and I really appreciate it. It means a lot and I'm you know I I'm really just honored and humbled every day that I have all of you, both the the fans and the people in the industry, and I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you so much for taking part of this episode of Porn and Coffee, man. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's been awesome. uh, We will see you, of course, uh, with a new episode next week, and until then, don't die or anything, just keep on living (laughs) and uh, stay on the edge.